Hey, this is Rich Wilkerson. I'm the pastor of VU Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We want to welcome all of our VU friends and family that are joining us by way of video. Why don't we give it up for our VU friends and family? And All Day Long has really been special. We have been doing a Q&A with our pastors all day long. This morning, we really got to talk about marriage, divorce, and heartbreak. And really, today, we're leaning into singleness, dating, and sex. So some real hot topics are here today, but... I think the real question, Manushka, is which one are you in that category? Are you single? Everyone's asking. I'm in the, I'm in the single category currently. <laughs> a lot of cheers for that. <laughs> They're are just you, with but it. Are you single, but like, are you, are you available to mingle? Like, I'm available to mingle. I'm just waiting on the Lord, seeing what he has for me. <laughs> But today has been special. It's been fun. And thank you so much, Pastor Rich and DC. We've got some incredible couples joining us today. We've got Rocky and June. And they have been married 42 years. People, come on. Give it up for Rocky and June. Legends, we honor you. We've got Zach and Daniela and Nick and Jerry. Come on. So thankful for these leaders. I feel like I have incredible role models and people that I can look to. And we've been in a collection of talks called Asking for a Friend. And many of you have been submitting questions online. You've been submitting questions uh, at our courtyard, just things that you have on your mind. Sometimes we have more questions than we do answers as it pertains to relationships. And I really do want to thank and honor you two for taking the time these past three weeks really to open up your life, to share your story uh, with each and every one of us. Because this collection of talks is for everybody. I believe it's for the person that's single, it's for the person that's engaged, for the person dating, for the person in a relationship in their head, you know, those people who you think you're in a relationship with somebody, the other person has no idea. You just, I'm holding on to faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm just hoping, God, I'm hoping that you will bring me somebody, even now. <laughs> But really, this collection of talks have been for us all. I think everyone who's walked through these doors have benefited so much. And I think one of my greatest takeaways has been who I need to be. That even before I get into a relationship, that I need to be a healthy and whole individual. And so thankful for your leadership. So thankful for you and Pastor DC. And you guys have been together close to 19 years. It's not 42 years of marriage, but it's been a it's 19 is um, pretty good. We, we started dating when we were 17, and uh, this past summer we celebrated 13 years of marriage, but this month we celebrate uh, 18 years of hanging out, and so we're in our 19th year. I love yeah, it. It's true. I can't believe it. It's a pretty long time, huh? Well, I mean, are you tired of me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Love you. There's so many different questions and different things that... <laughs> really want to uh, know as it pertains to relationships and the two of you have been together so long and you two are so, so examples to so many people and someone asked is there such thing as the one does God have a specific someone for you that you can't miss or does he put multiple people on your path and you end up choosing your one well 
I like this crowd participation. Just like, let's go. Mm. Let's get to it. I think there is the one, and the one is the one you choose. Come on. The truth is, if one of you mixed it up, if we missed it, it would set the whole world off on the wrong foot. Mm. It would mess the whole thing up. So I think when it comes down to it, if there was just one person for you to meet, it could mess the whole, all of history up. I think that you get to choose who you walk with. I think that you get to choose who you surrender your heart to, who you choose to trust and to love and to stay faithful to. Uh, I think in life, we, uh, we get to choose the people who shape us who sharpen us, who walk closely to us. And I think it's a very empowering thing. Just like we get to choose to surrender our life to Jesus. That's a choice. No one can make you do that. That's a a choice inside of your heart, your spirit surrendering to God that, that you get to choose to commit your life to walk alongside someone else. It's a serious choice. It's, it's a real commitment. And yeah, what do you think, babe? Well, I think that we live in an interesting time because I think many times we get counseled in our relationships from the culture, from movies, from pop culture, from hip-hop music. That's a scary one. Um, <laughs> and so what we, don't, we, we don't, are unaware of is that what we watch is what we learn. Yep. And so we've, we've learned some really, really bad habits. And even like that language, like that's, like that's some language that a few hundred years ago would have never made sense to anybody. Yeah. Like, no one would have been like, no one was walking around 200 years like, who's the one for me? Like, there's arranged marriages. Like, people go, this is the family you're going to marry into. And so we've turned love completely into this feeling. And we completely um, elevate chemistry over commitment. And so I think many times... I think many times we get lost in that. I I think the way that Don Shree said it is the right way to say it because there is only one for me. Her name is Don Shree. But that's that's a decision that we've made. And so I think, you know... I like that. Say that again. Well, like... (laughs) This is like a, a younger audience, but when I was growing up, there was this movie with Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger called Jerry Maguire. Okay, we got some movie fans. Okay, Jerry Maguire. And so, uh, like I start doing Jerry Maguire, show me the money. Okay, sorry, like nobody gets it anyways. Uh, but there's this, there's this line in the film that's like just became like so pop culture and like, you know, he's like, you complete me. And we all like want someone to complete us. And so if we need someone to complete us, that means we're walking around like half full. Wow. And that's already a negative mindset about yourself. That like, oh man, I'm just a half of a human being until I can my, meet my soulmate. It's just, it's a bad way of going into it. And I don't think it develops health and I don't think it develops security by any means. So to answer your question, is there just one? Yes, but that's the one you choose. That's incredible. Is that, is that helpful for you? Because I mean... <laughs> I think that was really helpful. The real question is, what do you believe, Manu? No, I'm kidding. I love that. Thank you. I actually actually think it's empowering, though, right? Because if you're not careful, you can go through life with the wrong mentality of the God that you serve. Yeah. And you can think that God is trying to trick you when God is simply trying to lead you. Come on. He is not trying to lead you down the wrong path. You get to choose where you go, he goes. Is anybody thankful for that tonight? Come on. I love that, and that makes so much sense because if I looked at it from that angle, if I made one mistake in life, can I ever fix it, you know? So I don't think that God allows us to miss out on anything. I think he has this great plan for us and we won't miss it as we're pursuing him. And so throughout your season, you guys have had different seasons uh, in your relationship. I know you've talked about, you guys broke up quite a few times. Um, Yes. 
or DC broke up with you is, is what, yes. was what we've heard. I've got some breakup questions, but is there a number? Uh, is there like a, a total amount? Don Sharia broke my heart two different times. Um, the first time was the day before Thanksgiving. Thank you for that. And um, It had to happen. Still in deep counseling for the trauma that that created, but um, I hate mashed potatoes ever since that happened. So, um, you know, honestly, both times I think were uh, important and both times were very, very meaningful in the sense that we, we went away from the relationship and got a whole lot better, um, healed a whole lot more. Early on in our relationship, you know, I didn't always make wise decisions when it came to the opposite sex. Don Cherie's story, my story, a little bit different. We both met each other when we were 17, which is a really cool kind of rare thing that I don't expect a lot of people in the room to relate to. Um, but I made a whole lot of mistakes from 15 to 17. And I had this notion in my mind, like, um, I believed in God, but I kind of lived my whole life going, how close can I get to the edge? And yep. I was that kind of guy who was like reading the Bible, like going, like, what are the loopholes? Like, it's not a, it's, you know, like, that's not how it's meant to be read, you know? Like, well, how far is too far? And so I made a lot of poor decisions and I, I know I hurt a lot of people in the process. And so I think coming out of a lot of those mistakes that I had made and going too far and making relationships about, um, about romance, about physical activity, all of those things, I think, rendered me into a place that I think I was insecure. I was very jealous. I was definitely manipulative. I was controlling. Um, and so I think Don Cherie, who was much more secure than me at the time, was probably dealing with the effects of that. And so the day before Thanksgiving, she said, dude, this ain't going to work, and broke up with me. But it was about, I think it was a month and a half, or was it two months? It was you, about, you, yeah, about you a month and a half. You probably know the timeline because you were hurting more than I was. But um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was silly. I'm kidding. I was literally, I, 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 was, I was fasting for the next eight weeks. Um, I'm the only guy you met who's fasted on Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's me. I'm not hungry. And so... Uh, but we came back two months later so much better and so much healthier. Yeah. The second time she broke up with me was because we had been dating for so long and we were kind of in this like gray area of going, why don't we know if we want to get married? And I think once again, I sort of told her like, yo, I think I want to get married. And she was unclear about that. And so we sort of broke up, but that was only for about five to six days. And then we came back and was like, okay, like... <laughs> I think we can make this work, even though I don't, I'm not sure if you know yet, but like, I know I want to be with you. And so we kissed and whatnot. And so. <laughs> the breakups were great though. Yeah. I think that they serve a purpose. <laughs> like, honestly, they're tough, but I think when you come back to the table, um, more committed to be your yeah. best self, it makes such a difference in the relationship. And hear me loud and clear, we're talking about a dating relationship. Yeah, good point. By no means walk out of these doors and look at your spouse and go, we're on a break. Like, <laughs> that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about dating and breakups can be very healthy uh, if you come back to the table better. And if you take the time away to focus on yourself, not what the other person is doing. And I think both times, both of us came back more committed uh, with a clearer vision of what a healthy relationship should actually look like. And breakups can be good. Now, if you're breaking up like every other day, like break up and move forward. Just be done because that's not healthy. And, and on the flip side, when you're married, you can't threaten divorce every other day. That's a word we don't even speak. We've never spoken in our marriage. We don't play around with that word. We don't use it to threaten. We don't use it to heighten the conversation. But if you're breaking up all the time, that's a red flag. But if there are seasons where you look at each other and go, you know what? We need to see if this is actually right for us. 
I think the time away can be really positive. Yeah. I'm really curious because Nick and Jerry have been married for 13 years as well. And um, I know, I know Come on. little parts of their love story. Did you guys ever break up with each other or oh, did Jerry? Did, oh, he gives it to you. Let me hear. Um, yeah, we broke up. Um, we had been dating for a year. What happened? Tell us. <laughs> Don't spare any details. No, I'm kidding. Um, and we that had- was... we have been dating for a year and I think um growing up I grew up without a dad so I had a lot of I would say daddy issues you know I wanted a relationship and I thought he was my first boyfriend so I thought the coming into a relationship and coming into this and having a boyfriend was like the ultimate thing like this is it you know like I'm gonna have everything I've ever dreamed and wanted but No, it's like two people coming together, learning how to like communicate and all these things. And I think I was, yeah, I was jealous. I was insecure because of so many, I think, deeper issues as growing up. So I think we kind of, he realized that and he was like, hey, this is not going to work, you know? And, And it was, we had a conversation. I remember it perfectly where we were and I cried and I was just like, okay, we're going to do this. And we took a break and we didn't speak to each other for three months. And that time I literally took it to better myself. I did counseling. I got, you know, under my leadership, you know, at that time. And I was just like, I'm going to better myself. No matter whether we were going to come back to each other or not, I was like, I'm, I have to, it's like what DC is saying, I have to come back to the table better. You know, whoever's going to get me next or who I'm going to marry next I'm, has to be, you know, like I have to be better. So it was a time to really look inward and just see a lot of things that I was dealing with um, that coming into a relationship kind of came to the surface. So I was able to kind of just work on those things and I remember perfectly three months later, we never spoke to each other. We would see each other at church and we were just like, you know, like just respectful and everything was fine. But then I'll never forget one day he calls me because he's like, hey, so um, are we going to do this? And I was just like, I was like, what do you mean? You know, it's like, it's been three months. Like, hi, how are you? You know, like, (laughs) but I'll never forget. Um, It was just. I guess somebody had asked him, hey, so I see that you and Jerry are on a break, so can I take her out on a date? (laughs) And I guess that helped. Crucial moment. That helped a lot. Um, I think everything she said was perfectly accurate. And um, this whole conversation on breakups, to me, hearing it this morning for the first time, literally helped me so much because the school of thought that I kind of grew up listening to was breaking up when you're dating is like practicing divorce. And although at the time it kind of sounds like it makes sense and it could be true, but at the same time, we're dating, we're not married. So there's actually a different kind of grace for when you're dating and you're trying to figure things out and you're trying to learn, you know, about yourself, how you operate in a relationship at this level. You're thinking about marriage. You're thinking about, you know, spending the rest of your life with this person. And uh, it's a serious thing. So for us, I think um, going through that, it definitely helped me as well. A lot of reflection, trying to get better, making sure that I'm who I'm supposed to be for her because I, I know that I know that her value and her worth um, was established by God, not by me. She was already valuable before I even came into the picture. So I, I wanted to honor that. 
we gonna do this or what? Yeah. And and staying in a relationship. You did. Thirteen years later. It's a fire line, bro. So good. Yeah. I, I think staying in. Keep going. <laughs> I think staying in a relationship longer than you should is a detriment to both of you. Yeah. Yeah. I think you sometimes try to not hurt someone's heart, but you're just elongating the brokenness that they're going to walk through. And I think when it comes to breakups, there's a right way to break up. Yeah. I think there's a right way. Like, uh, the first time we broke up, we broke up over the phone because we were long distance. But I think if you live in the same city, you should do it face to face. You should respect the person enough to look into their eyes, tell them that you value them, and to be honest. I think you don't ever blame it on God. Like, just don't don't blame it on God. You chose to get in this relationship. You're choosing to not move forward with it. Let's take responsibility. Let's be honest. You don't have to belittle them. You don't have to tear down their character or point out anything that's wrong with them. You can just say, I don't think that we need to move forward. This isn't where I'm at right now. And then lastly, I would say in a community like this, like maybe you're watching online right now and you're part of a community. I think that there's so many amazing individuals in this room and listening online right now. And what can happen is you can be in a group of friends and you can casually date and maybe there's just no chemistry or you guys just didn't hit things off. Instead of going back and telling all of your friends what you didn't like about them, that they were awkward or this didn't work out or they said that, instead of making fun to try to explain why you don't want to date them anymore, why don't you protect them? Why don't you build them up? Because what's awkward to you is going to be awesome to somebody else. They're going to be somebody's 100% out of this world dream. And so let's build people up. Let's protect them along the way. I love that. It's interesting because people have always made fun of my feet, but you love my feet. I love your feet. Our sons have your feet. (laughs) It was awkward to others, but awesome to you. (laughs) It's a beautiful line right there. Straight out of a movie. Preaching that next week. I think that's great. It's like in church, we want to not only date in a healthy way, but if we have to break up, it needs to be in a healthy way as well. And I think lots of people have questions around dating as it pertains to being in church and dating in church. And we had this question and it says, how should a girl handle being interested in a guy at church when men are supposed to be the ones to pursue? Do we just sit around and wait for him to say something? When am I interested? When I'm interested in a guy, how should I drop a hint, or should I not? Which one of y'all wrote that? <laughs> um, I think this is such a good question, and you know, like once again, I, I love that we're having conversations tonight, and we've been preaching the last three weeks, which is important to open up God's Word, and tonight we want to do something different, which is to have a conversation. We think that sermons are a catalyst for a change. They don't really create change. They help you create a conversation to go, and I, it's in conversation that, that life change happens. But sometimes in a sermon, you know, you're speaking to a general audience, and so even the last couple of weeks, I, I've been talking to the women, talking about the idea of letting a man find you. And so much of what I was saying is really towards the women in our church. And please try to hear my heart. I know there's probably guests here tonight. Every week we've got a lot of guests that come to VU Church. And so this might not be for you. But the reason why I I was preaching that and teaching that is because I just feel like we live in a time right now where there's so much pressure on women 
to put themselves on display, to look a certain way, to act a certain way, to get likes, to get attention. And what I'm trying to do is I, I want to try to be a voice in your life to encourage you that you don't want to convince anybody to like you. Come on. Okay, like, like, like that's a... You don't want to... Convincing a man to love you is going to require you to convince him to, to stay with you. And the only thing worse than convincing someone to marry you is trying to convince them not to divorce you. Wow. And so I want to relieve the pressure from the women. And the idea is, is that I think there's a lot of girls today that at times we live in a... I want to be careful about words because stuff gets taken the wrong way. But many times, just generally speaking, um, we see that there's an entire... Uh, women empowerment movement and confidence is rising in girls. And sometimes girls start to take on, I believe, which are biblical roles of the man, which is to come and, and be responsible and approach you and, and actually pursue you. And I think when we do that, things get out of order. Now, I want to say all that. To, that's a big intro to say, like, I'm not advocating you being, like, weird, like, Okay, Pastor Rich told me that he's going to find me. And so I'm hiding in my room. He's going to knock on my door, get down on his knee and ask my father first for my hand in marriage and then crawl his way with a bite. Like, I don't know what you've got in your mind, but like, dude, if you're not going to leave your house to meet this guy, all you're working with is UPS, FedEx, and Amazon. Okay, like... There's so Uber Eats. So uh, I, Uber Eats. <laughs> Can I take a ride on your moped? Like I'll make that next delivery with you. What? <laughs> but I so I just think to all the girls out there, I, I think Don Tree was speaking to this in the 5 p.m. service in such a beautiful way. Like the most attractive thing is you living your life to the fullest. Yeah. You being confident, you being secure. You shouldn't be hiding who you are. You just should not be pressured to be something that you're not. Right. And that's big. And so I, I really believe in the power of community that like, I love our crews at Voo Church. And sometimes crews get like a bad rap. Like, oh man, 20 people, that's not quality relationship. But you're missing it. Like in a crew of 20 people, you talk for an hour and a half. And what typically happens is what we found out is that in a group of 20 people, you end up connecting on a deep way with two or three people. And from there, you actually start to form real friendships. And the crew just acts as an incubator for community and for fellowship. I think dating should happen the same way. If you're a girl and you kind of like a guy around here, rather than go up to him and be like, hey, I'm a, I'm a 2020 you know, woman. Like I'm taking you out. Like... <laughs> I don't know what y'all... Are we doing this? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what these voices are. I'm taking you out. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I'm, it's been a long day. Shut up. Okay, so... This don't judge great. me, Manu. Okay? <laughs> but just... No, I'm just saying, like, get your group of friends and, like, go out with his group of friends and hang out and see if there's natural chemistry. Don't try to create something that's not actually there. Yeah. So that's great. That helps, that helps a lot. A long day. <laughs> that helps a lot. I think it's very practical. And I, as a woman, I think when you do hear that the man is supposed to initiate, sometimes it does feel like we are supposed to like uh, lower the volume on our life or live quieter. And I don't think that's at all 
what God's plan is for you. I think God's plan is that you live a life full of security, live life loud, full of joy, full of adventure. Listen, if he's gonna chase you, you gotta be moving. So there's a great future in front of you. Let's go. It's right there. I think somebody just got their word. Good night. (laughs) Well. Dang. Can you and say that for the people notes? in the back, hey. please? One more time. Notes, Christian. And mm. I want to talk to the guys, too. Jeez. Because Jeez. listen to me, fellas. Ooh. Maybe there is a woman that it makes you a little nervous to ask her out. Maybe you're a little afraid of what her response would be. I would say don't allow that fear to hold you back. It sounds to me like you found a good thing. It sounds like you respect her that you admire her, that you're impressed by her. And maybe that's the reason why you're nervous and fearful. Don't let fear stand between you and what could be the greatest friendship that your life could ever hold. Why don't you walk across the room, invite somebody to coffee? You know, I've just found in life, and both of us have, that some of the things, the greatest gifts in our life, that they cause fear to rise up in your heart. But you gotta get past the fear. Fear doesn't belong in your life. Step past the fear. Ask somebody out to coffee. See what could happen. I just think that in this room and for people that are listening and watching right now, that there's a relationship that is gonna sharpen you and make you the best version of yourself because God uses our relationships to shape us in his image. Are you with me? Get over the fear. Let's go. I will say, Mona, I'm very, very curious because back here, 42 years of marriage, Mm -hmm. somebody give Rocky a microphone because Rocky, just briefly, like, um, what did, what did she do to grab your attention? Oh, I'll tell you exactly what she did. Okay. Okay. Can we add some more time up there? That's making me nervous. Yeah. You want to add some clock time? Exactly. Okay. Give me another 10 minutes. No, you're good. (laughs) Okay. So I was 19, right? Last semester of college. I cruised into English class, and I spotted her in the corner. I still see her. I said, that is the most beautiful girl I have ever seen in my life. I'm going to marry that girl. So I I was like a heat-seeking missile. Some of these guys are a little shy. I was not shy. I cruised over there. Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. Tell them how it's done. They say this is the lit service, I'm gonna turn it up. So. Did you tell him that? Okay. (laughs) I usually serve the A block, the early shift here. So Pastor Rich, I positioned myself right in front of her so I could get her name. And the professor was going and giving the assignments, right? And he said, June Summerlin, she wasn't paying attention. Your assignment is Sir Francis Drake. And she said, what did he say? I turned around and I said, your assignment is Sir Francis Drake. <laughs> so uh, the bell rang. I turned around and I said, can I get your number? <laughs> this is a true story. My son will tell you, sit right there. So she said, can we get outside? And so that little embarrassment, I said, that is sexy. So we got outside. <laughs> You wanted the version, right? Yeah. I'm here to, I'm here to help you guys. So uh, 
we get outside, and I said, God, can I get your number so we can go out? And she goes, I'm dating someone. And I exactly said, I'm dating someone, but not for long. And so we dated for three years and got married and been married for 42 years. And all the glory goes to God. Joshua 24, 15, verse 2 says, Me and my household, we serve the Lord. And so I want to thank Pastor Rich and Pastor DC. They have strengthened my faith. And my, my belief is faith, my God, my family, and my friends. And guys and girls, you put your faith first and things will happen. You're going to go through rough seasons in life. And if you haven't, you haven't lived long enough. But I have one right here that's battle-tested, and I'm battle-tested. Come on, give him a round of applause. We love I want to say right now, I want to say, I, I spoke to Pastor DC today, going back and forth. Uh, one of the greatest times and events is Voo Girl. That's one of my favorite times. I get to serve the girls of my life and the women here that serve us. And guys, if you want to do something nice, get a gift for one of your girls or a couple of your girls. And when they come back, oh, I meant that like, you know, like you have your, you know, your sisters or... Let him qualify. Yeah. I love that. So I'll make it short, but when they come out and the girls are so excited and empowered, it just makes your life so much better. And I get pure enjoyment. I have uh, my kids here. We have grandkids and I have a lot of church community that are my kids. And I, if I can mentor someone, that's what I want to do. I come in every Sunday to try and lift, some, lift you up, but actually you guys lift me up. Come on. Come we on. love you, Rock. So thank Good you. word. Incredible. So good. So much wisdom. Love it. So much that we can learn. And I think as we're on this topic, singleness, dating, and sex, there was someone who asked this question. They said, does God really protect your relationship more when you practice abstinence? Does it really matter? If so, can you give us some examples on how your relationship can be blessed? Well, I don't believe in abstinence and marriage. So no, he does not protect that part. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's about singleness. Yes, it is okay. about singleness. I wasn't sure. I just want to make sure that there's... Yes. We bring full circle. Um, <laughs> you know, I think that this is... Um, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week, and I think this is an important subject at the same time. Once again, in rooms this large with so many different stories, it can be a difficult one to talk about. Um, I, I grew up, once again, sort of in this camp that just preached one side of sex, which was don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then if you, if you did it, you just felt all this shame and all this guilt. And the whole goal, it always felt like, was to be a virgin before you're married. I'm not minimizing that, and I'm not by any means saying that's not uh, a good thing or even a biblical thing. All throughout Scripture, uh, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we see guidelines for where sex should happen, how it should happen. Uh, it, it's, it's on both sides of the covenant that sexual immorality is any type of sex outside of the confines of a marriage. Yet I think that we, especially at our church, I want to make sure that we do a better job at changing the narrative around this and that it actually comes into a trusting God thing. It, this idea of 
of abstaining, if you don't believe in Jesus and if you don't believe in God, it doesn't really make much sense to you whatsoever. I think the bigger question always is like, what do you believe about God? Who do you think God is? What's the image when you close your eyes you have of God? Do you really think God's up in heaven trying to limit your life and take away all your fun? Sex is just another appetite that we have. However, sex is a gift that God gave us that goes all the way back to the garden that I believe actually has spiritual connotation attached to it, that it's not just a physical thing. I actually believe that when we engage in intercourse, it's a chance that we're reflecting the triune God, that in Genesis, over and over again, God is saying, let us create man in our image. Who is us? It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when male and female come together, they create a brand new flesh, three in one, one in three. And so we have to actually begin to think deeper about sex, that sex is not just this physical interaction, but sex is very spiritual. If I had enough time tonight, I could even like state a case that I believe that sex is worship unto God. Hello, okay. Can I hear you? Uh, You should amen that as well, my goodness. (laughs) I'm excited about it as well. Um, But, so when people say, does God protect me more? I think the answer is yes. Um, At the same time, I don't want to just create a a generation that has a goal. Don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I Mm -hmm. want to create a generation that understands why God has designated this for us. Really good. And we live in this time that we worship the creation over the creator. Mm. And sex is God's creation. And so many of us, what we do is we think, we say, I know more than the creator. And it's not a big deal. And I know he kind of gave some of those parameters and, and, and guardrails, but man, I've already messed up. I've already done this. I'm 33, bro. Like, why would I start over now? And that's because you're buying into this idea that sex is just an act. It's like, imagine we heard a story tonight, a great testament. I'm so grateful for the people in our community that are so honest, but uh, what happened in their marriage was there was an affair. Imagine after they reconciled and they forgave each other and they decided to stay together. Imagine if he just like, you know what? I've already had an affair. Might as well just keep having affairs. Nobody would think that that's healthy or proper. But I see so many people that cross the line one time and because of this narrative, they feel like they're rendered worthless, dirty, or bad that they can't ever begin to start over again. I would challenge anybody in this room. And I love, so I got so many friends in this room tonight and so many people on the journey of faith. And so I please do not hear condemnation in my voice, but I would challenge anybody to go to God and actually say, God, all right, I'm in a relationship right now that we've been having sex, but I actually, I'm actually radical about you, Jesus. I actually like died to my flesh. I actually carry my cross every day. And so I'm gonna actually put my trust in you and believe you at your word that Lord, you're gonna help me get disciplined in this area. And I believe God in trusting you, I'm gonna have even better sex when I am married. I'm gonna have even deeper sex, more intimate sex. And ultimately for me, Manu, the question comes down to what do you believe about God? Do you believe that God designed it? Do you believe that God gave it to you? Do you believe that God created it? Because if you don't, you're gonna find yourself doing whatever you want with his creation. And my heart just breaks for people because I'm, tw- I'm 35 years of age and I want you to hear this from your pastor, those of you that are part of this church. It is just as difficult for me at 35 years of age to walk in purity as it was at 35. You don't take your purity ring off and go, okay, now, 
purity is a mindset. It's it's a heart yeah. of saying, man, I want to grow closer to God. I want to become more like Jesus. I want to be more focused on my spouse. I want us to have the sex that God designed for us, the sex that God created. I believe God created it. I got a feeling if he created it, he knows how it works the best. He knows how it actually functions in the best context. And so I think the answer is undoubtedly yes. Yes, yes, yes. Logically, spiritually, you are sparing yourself yes. so much heartache um, by refraining and by trusting God. Not out of religion, but really out of going, God, I'm going to trust you. We'll put you first. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, marriage, spouse, shall be added unto you. And just encourage our church, man. Yeah. I think the more we grow in purity, the more and more God's power is going to show up. Purity is not a work of your flesh. It's a work of his grace. You're not dirty. You haven't gone too far. God tonight in this place right now wants to bring restoration, but it starts with you changing your thought on this whole thing. It starts with you going, I want God's vision for my love life and for my sex life. I'm sorry, I'm going all... No, come on, is that helpful for anybody? That's incredible. I think that there's so many different people on different spectrums and a lot of people who are dealing with loneliness and hurt as it pertains to relationships. And someone asked this question, what are some practical ways that I can combat the lies that something's wrong with me because I'm single? I think that first of all, I just wanna say that is the biggest lie. And the enemy is cruel because a season of being single can be one of the most fruitful seasons of your life. God is equipping you, he's preparing you, and I think that for all of us, loneliness is a very real thing. I think it's one of the deepest pains in our world today. And the funny thing about conforming to the pattern of the world is this, is that often the pattern that the world offers you to help ease your loneliness only leaves you more lonely than before. You know, here we live in a social media age. We live in a time where you can connect digitally, but yet our generation is so riddled with anxiety and depression and fear, and it's proven now that these these different things that are offered to us to help us connect with people actually leave us more isolated than before. They're not the answer to the loneliness in your heart. They're not the answer to what you're searching for. And when we talk about loneliness, I have to set the right foundation because all of us, first and foremost, long for a personal relationship with our Creator. Doesn't matter how great your girlfriend is, your boyfriend is, doesn't matter how perfect your family is or your spouse is, if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, you will be lonely because you were created to walk in relationship with Him. And none of those other relationships can complete you, like Rich said, only Jesus can. But you know what the good news is? Is that when you choose to surrender your life to Jesus, None of us are left lonely. He meets every single one of us where we are. Come on, how many of you are thankful for that today? So once that's settled, let's talk about in the here and now. Loneliness is real. Having the desire for a spouse is very real. And I think that's where the power of community comes into play. Because what can be easy for us 
to walk around life with the perspective that we're alone and that we always will be alone and that our life won't be full of fulfillment or joy until we find that one. When we walk through the doors of the house like this, the school turned into a place of worship and we start to sing about the God that we serve, all of a sudden those thoughts are put in the context of all of eternity and the greatness of the God we serve. And we realize that where we are today isn't where we have to be tomorrow. And that he promises us that he's gonna never leave us, he's never gonna forsake us, that we can trust his plan, whatever it may be. Maybe it's not the plan that we had in mind in the first place, but as you just decide to lift your hands and worship and sing to him, you're not given peace to ration out for the rest of your life. You're given peace that you need for this moment, for this day. It's enough and it fills you up with exactly what you seek. And you know, loneliness isn't just about being single. When Rich and I went through infertility, that was a real season of loneliness, of longing for something that we didn't have. There, there are lots of seasons that leave you with a longing, with a yearning that you can't fill. And I found it time and time again that in the presence of God, He meets us and gives us what we need right now. He'll do it for you tonight. He will do it for you tonight. He'll change you from the inside out. He wants to be the one that you seek. Yeah, I just, I just know there's people here tonight that um, have got, once again, just different stories. And there's people that have been betrayed. There's people that have been cheated on. There's people that have been left and abandoned. There's people that have walked through divorce. There's people that thought, man, this is the one. And then it fell apart. And that's just, there's no like, quick, easy, short answer. Grief is a process. And sometimes we're lonely because of grief. I have a friend right now who was married for 20 years, pastor. His wife died this past year of cancer. And he loves God. He's complete in Jesus. It's not like he's not questioning that theology, but he's just saying practically, it just feels really weird and really lonely not having a partner. And I don't, think it's in, I don't think it's healthy in church to give cliches to real wounds. Mm. Oh, just date Jesus. Yo, bro, I've been dating Jesus for 10 years. <laughs> and uh, that's good and all, but like, um, you know, yeah. like to go to the movies with somebody, you know? Well, take Jesus. Okay, I, I, I've done that as well, you know? <laughs> it's kind of weird. That, don't sit there. Why? Jesus. <laughs> so, like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not trying to just, softball you something that desire is real and that's okay but I think what Don Cherie is saying is that this season that you're in like some of the most beautiful things can happen and everything I kind of keep coming back to these mindsets because I'm just so convinced of like there has to be a revelation and we preach and we preach until revelation hits that it makes sense in my mind and it connects to my heart and you have to get a revelation I'm not just going to go through this I'm going to grow through this. Great. Fundamental difference. Because I heard it one time said that a divorce, it's like a funeral, but nobody died. It's the same feeling of loss and grief. And the only way you get through grief is just processing. You just have to go through it. One of the greatest mistakes you can do is try to expedite and try to sprint through grief. What happens is that you don't deal with wounds appropriately. When you don't deal with wounds appropriately, you end up bleeding on people who never hurt you, who never cut you. Some of you right now, like, 
It's the only thing that's going to solve this thing is a little more time. Jesus is with you. He hasn't left you, but it's a little more time for healing. Because that, that, that healing, what's going to happen is, is what you're going to find yourself in is that you're going to step into the next relationship and you're actually going to be able to give your heart. You're actually going to be able to trust. See, one of the most dangerous things that happens to us is somebody hurt us in the past and that one bad relationship ruins all the potential of any good relationship. I think, I think God is sovereign. I think he also gives us responsibility. There's this tension. I think he's working stuff out. And I just want to, I want to encourage anyone here tonight that's lonely, don't give up. Don't quit. Stay the course. I know married people that are lonely. I know successful people that are lonely. I know famous people that are lonely. I know rich people that are lonely. Loneliness, it doesn't discriminate. And loneliness always wants to lie to you. It's never going to change. It's always going to feel this way. You're always going to be alone. There's no hope for you. You're trapped in this, and it's a lie. There is a brighter future in front of you. And if you'll stay the course, if you'll, if you'll just stay the course, I, I promise you, you're going you're gonna to live to tell about it, but you're also going to live to testify about it, that God has been faithful and God has been good and God carried you, not just to the mountaintop, but even through the valley. We love you so much. We believe in you so much. We believe in you. Come on. Can we thank Pastor Rich in D.C.? Thank you so much for just sharing today. It's been amazing. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.